It's time for the return of the Paro Pods. After a brief spat of COVID. <laughs> yeah, sorry. As I know, on the last episode, we literally said, oh, there's going to be no more breaks know, yeah, or gaps or anything like that. I got COVID the week after that. So. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to get back to it. We're going to be, you know, back to bi-weekly, bi-ness. Um, <laughs> and I just fucking immediately just shat the bed and stumbled and fell. It just fell apart. To be fair, my sickness on the day that we were supposed to record was the impetus for me to uh, to figure out that I had COVID. Mm. So if, <clears> if I hadn't... If I just power through, we, but we both would have had COVID. Yeah. And, uh, so and then what would we do? And then, well, yeah, then, well, we, we'd be in the exact same situation. Yeah, we'd probably have to delay that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're back. It's kind of so ironic, though. Fucking hell. I know, yeah. I right. felt bad. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's literally, it was like the end of the episode. We're like, ah, oh, don't worry. We'll be back regular time schedule next time. And then I just went and blew it all. Well, bad bobs. Yeah, man, there's a fucking continual. There's a thread. There's yeah. a theme in this podcast yeah. specifically about bad pogs and getting coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, this is the third and occasion. And I was like, you know, we don't really go out that all that much. Mm. But yeah, every every time we do, we try to go, you know, a lot of the time we try to go somewhere different. But every time that we do go bad bobs, someone does end up getting COVID. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's from bad bobs, but it is an interesting coincidence. It's it's <laughs> a, it's it's a, an there's unbelievable a cor- coincidence. There's a correlation. There might not be a causation. But there's definitely a correlation. There's a correlation there, which means it's a scientific fact that Bad Bobs is a shithole fucking infested with coronavirus. Mm. Do not go there. It's in the... Uh, the rum. It's in It's in the clientele. It's people who go there. And the staff. Yeah, smelly, sweaty Smelly folks. bastards. You know? <clears throat> it's just a, it's a Petri dish. It's a germ factory. Or a virus factory. Um, Tell you what, there's a few germs walking around there. Yeah, 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 including ourselves. You know who you are, bro. <coughs> oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> You're a man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's that still not settled? By yeah. the way, meet me outside. <laughs> meet me outside. We'll, we'll uh, mates after though. Yeah, man. <laughs> outside the the lucky duck. The lucky duck. What's your okay? Right, question for you before we discuss our recommended film. Let's do it. What is your favorite after? Like night out food. After night out food, um, toast definitely toast. Toast, yeah, toast with, a, with a heap of butter. That's heap actually butter. you know what I'm like? that's a show. That is a fucking <laughs> that's the biggest show of this podcast <laughs> in the history of the podcast. Yeah, Park. in 124 episodes, that is the that is the biggest show that's ever been made. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta be buttery. I think it's like yeah, you need the soakage, but you need the like vague buttery grease. Yeah, to yeah, help. but not too much. Not too much. Know? Like uh, a healthy dose. Uh, you know, uh, after uh, if you go Camden, then you can pop into you know Babylon, or you go to that pizza spot next next to it. You know, yeah, and you get the you get like a bag of chips, or you get the the slice of pizza. And it's just dripping with grease. <laughs> mm, but like more than that, you know, I I start feeling a bit sick. You know? Yeah, bro. Oh man, I start feeling a bit sick. If I eat too much after a night out, I feel like arse. I feel so bad. I feel. I feel like I, I. I'm probably. I'm more likely to get sick if I eat after an hour. Oh, and yeah, I don't yeah. get sick often. But if I fucking if I eat after drinking, game over, man. Game over. <laughs> I'm into work. Uh, so I started working in CX for the listeners, and um, like on the discs they say like disc only or whatever like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the guy standing beside me is like, 
oh which one is it and I said like disc only man disc only <laughs> and uh, he actually did he laughed it was something I think I said game only man game only that's what it was it was, uh, it was game only man game only I don't even fucking butcher my own joke there were laughs were had though but uh, in yeah, the moment the CX is already like infesting me it's already getting inside me yeah what's Making it like fucking terrible references <laughs> um, what's what's the retail is this your is your first retail job this is my first retail job like yeah. after I've been I've like worked I've been, I've had a job at some stage or another since I've been like 17, 18. Mm. I'm going to say 17 because I left school when I was 17. So I think I got like reception work after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Never did retail. Shit is easy. Yeah. Man, the only thing is I got to struggle with dealing with like cunts walking in. But like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, there was someone that came in the other day, like, giving out about something. I was like, ah, just look at the website. Like, just, <laughs> I got to give it out about, like, the, the shop. the CEX website is dog shit. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> just go through the website, bro. Like, all the answers are there. I don't know where it is, but I know it's somewhere there. <laughs> don't know the URL. Yeah, yeah. It actually is. It's not even CEX.com. It's like no, it's webuy.com. Yeah, webuy. What? I have no idea. <laughs> but if you look up CEX.com, it does come up. Okay. But, um... Like, I just don't... Like, people giving out, it's like, it just doesn't phase me. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> I think that's the, I think that's the, the real thing, yeah. is that, like... Well, obviously, I do care about, like, you know, serving customers and stuff like that. If someone comes to me, like, giving out to me about something, like... I don't... I, like, I obviously care, but I don't care enough to get upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I care, phase you, like yeah. I care enough to help you mm. as much as I can and escalate it where, ne- where it needs be. But I don't care enough about your problem to be upset myself. You start bursting into tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that you didn't get FIFA 13. <laughs> um, yeah, got called hippies as well. Hippies. Yeah, some guy stuck his head in when we were closed and been like, "Do you have FIFA?" I was like, "Which one?" He's like, "The new one." It's like, "No, we don't. It's for a secondhand shop." And he goes, like, "All right, hippies," and then just fucking walked away. He's like. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> I feel like hippies is not the right term for CX workers. I feel like they call like emos and shit like that more. Yeah, it's more of an emo thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so, what's it? What's it like working there? The staff, nice. Yeah, sound. Everyone's nice. It's all sound. Yeah. Uh, everyone's sound. Like let's. Yeah. I think that's probably the benefit of it that like everyone's sound mm. and like haven't had any proper arseholes come in or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Do you like, get like discounts on stuff? Fifteen percent off. Not bad. Like. Yeah, so it's a normal price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, some of the rules and stuff like that for like taking stuff in. I'm like, that's wild. Like, you know the gradings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like an A grade is basically like it has to be like brand new. Like you yeah. can't tell that it's been used, which is like extra. Like, and some people are walking in with like phones that are like cracked and shipping. Like, I'm expecting an A grade for this. I'm like, why? <laughs> Just because it works doesn't mean it's A grade. Yeah, grow up. Yeah, but yeah, it's grand. CX Life is good. Not bad, not bad. Our recommended film for this episode, before I forget, <laughs> is The Third Part of the Night, 1971, directed by Andrzej Zulowski, set during the Nazi occupation of Poland, in which Michael witnesses the murder of his mother, wife, and child. He is hurled into a, into a life that literally is not his own. A surreal world littered with trapdoors, doppelgangers, and wormholes. Where the fuck were the wormholes in that film? Yeah. Oh wait, was it? Uh, um, it also tells the true untold story of a Nazi vaccine laboratory where Jews and members of the resistance were employed as feeders for parasites infected with typhus. 
Yeah, I can't believe that's true. Motto story. Yeah, yeah. It's based on his dad's real life. Yeah. Apparently. Mirror what a fucked up life. <laughs> yeah, the Holocaust <coughs> wasn't great. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> Another hot take in this. <laughs> <laughs> We're full of them. Full of, full, of, full of hot takes. Full of it. What do you think is your hottest film take? My hottest film take? All Marvel films are shit. I feel like that's a lot more accepted now. Yeah, it's because we, we laid the fucking groundwork. Yeah, yeah. Without, like, without us. Everything we say will eventually become true. Yes. At some point. Because, yeah, because we're like influencers. Yeah, we we unknowingly influence the uh, the universe of films. The universe, the butterfly the effect. Yeah, we say it and then, you know, 10,000 permutations later, all of a sudden Martin Scorsese is coming out saying the Marvel films are all dog shit. They're not real cinema. He got that from us. He did. He heard off of me, 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 he heard on a power pod. Yes. <laughs> That's how it works. Exactly, yeah. How many degrees of separation do you think you are away from Martin Scorsese? <laughs> ten. Isn't it? It is like someone, everyone's like ten or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe less. Could be less. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you figure that out? Like, someone needs to make an app. <laughs> There will be an app. Don't worry. Someone needs to make an app where, like, through Facebook or, like, Instagram followers or shit like that, it can tell you how many degrees of separation you are away from someone. Yeah, I'd say that already exists. Probably does. Yeah. There'll be, I want one for, like, genealogy. Even though I'd never participate in it, but, like, you know, I'm sure it does. Would you ever get your, like... No, I never Your would. genes tested? My ge- I'd never get any of those ancestry tests. Because then you can, they can clone your DNA. Mm. You know, such a fucking ridiculous thing to fear, but like, I just don't, I don't like the idea of a private company owning my DNA. Um, but yeah, w- w- would you get it done? Nah. No? Nah. You're not interested? Nah. What do you think, what do you think your results would be? Uh, like, probably like 85% British and I just don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, I think Irish people are just generally, it's like, it's like Irish, every, every person, every Irish person I know has taken it, so it's always like, it's like 90% Irish, 95% Irish. Uh, one of the lads I know at work, he he got it done. It was like it was like really bizarre because he's he like shares uh same last name as me, and uh, I like the my last name would have like roots in France mm-hmm. as well to an extent, um in like Brittany. But it ended up that he's like he's like ten percent Greek. Valjean is a very French name, Mark. Valjean, yeah, Jean Valjean. Mark Valjean. Um, but um, it turns out he's like ten percent Greek, and he was very surprised by that. So maybe there's like a margin of error there or something. Um, but like, yeah, you get random things in there. But I think, generally speaking, Irish people are pretty homogenous. You know? uh, yeah, a lot of inbreeding going on here. My bad side of the family is just pure Irish all the way through. Yeah, same my dad. Um, whereas my dad's at less so. So, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. What, I've no idea. It's, I'd imagine that it's mostly, like obviously mostly Irish, but like a lot of, is it? A worrying about the English, I'd imagine, in my blood. <laughs> yeah, I know the Normans, the Normans, you know. Yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, you know, French. We're all Norman. Also, very Normans is also, is less um, comforting. Less comforting. Yeah, I don't know. Look at them. It sounds a bit more <laughs> all the Normans these days. <laughs> just just uh, look at them. Just hate them. The Fitzes. The Fitzes. The World Cup and all that shit. Yeah. You watching the World Cup? I have, yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the World Cup. Have you been watching? No. <laughs> no. Uh, just keep just keep checking the scores. I'll wait until I get to like, you know, the core fans and then I'll start watching. Two weeks from now. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it's it's the like I, I like watching rugby, you know. I enjoy watching mm. rugby. And I enjoy seeing Ireland win. 
Um, but I, I like a good game of rugby in general. You yeah. Know? Like between two good sides, I don't like watching fucking club rugby and all that stuff. Uh, but like the thing with the Rugby World Cup, apparently people are saying rugby fans are saying. Um, in my sphere, anyway, they say this is one of the best World Cups ever. You know, this is so good. But then you watch every game, and every game plays out the exact same way, where the bigger team just like always wins. There hasn't <laughs> been a, there hasn't been there's been one upset so far. Uh, Wales beat Australia, which was like basically they didn't just beat them as well. Yeah, they battered them. But like the battering wasn't expected, but they were expected to. It was expected to be at least a very very even game because yeah. Australia had been terrible for a few years. Yeah. Um, well, like, he got like a new coach or something just before the World Cup or something. So. Yeah, Eddie uh, Jones. He's yeah. a cunt. I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't even follow rugby that much, but I just don't like that chap. He manages England. I just don't like him. Um, but like, the, yeah, it's like every game kind of plays out like the same way where it's either a hammering and like, you know, it's New Zealand beating um, fucking Tahiti uh, yeah. 150-0 or it's like it's a game between, you know, Tonga and South Africa and it's like, Oh, it gets to the half, and it's like it's like uh, it's like twenty fifteen to South Africa, and everyone's like, "Oh, what what a what a cracker we have on our hands yeah, here!" Yeah, no, yeah, it's like and it, South Africa wins. Yeah, and then it's it's even for the first like, 15, 20 minutes of the second half, and then South Africa scored like ten tries, and it ends like sixty. 30 yeah, minutes, yeah. Like that. It's like the same thing. Like every single game is the exact same. The only good, the, the best game that I've seen is the the Irish game. Yeah, like, the last Irish game is really good. Did you watch that? Nah, it was. Really I was I was in work, and then I was. I went uh, to go get Indian food with Melissa. Oh, very nice. Um, I was looking at the score like, on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was intense, was very like, intense game. Because like, Melissa doesn't give a fuck about rugby. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Orla loves rugby, so yeah. like, we always watch it. I COVID while that game was on, so I was watching it alone in my room while she watched it in the Camden. And, uh, That's yeah. so grim. <laughs> I know, yeah, it was, it was really grim. Uh, but then, yeah, it was, it was such an intense game, such a, like a proper like edge your seat game. You're like, it's like oh, yeah, proper like, squeezing diamonds there between the legs. Like it's fucking like World Cup final equivalent. Like that could yeah, be the yeah. World Cup final again. Yeah, it could actually be the World Cup final. Um, I saw some some major cope by uh, South African fans. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they meant to lose it because like beating playing against France is an easier game than playing against New Zealand because of the part. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like. But France beat New Zealand, so how is how is that how is being playing the team that's better than the other team an easier game than playing the team that's worse? Yeah, yeah, they're all COVID. It's because your man France's best player got like is he broke his skull. Yeah, so he's out for a few weeks. But he might be back. He could be back for the quarterfinal. I'm not really sure, but he's like he's like racing to get back. But like also like t- earlier today, your man uh, the manager or the coach of the South African team. Uh, he like had this quote where he was like, I- "I'd much rather be in our position than Ireland's position because if we lose by like I think eight points to Scotland, we go out of the tournament." Um, but like just like the just the the whole premise of what he says, like I'd rather be the team that uh, lost one game than the team that's won all of their games. So, so what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Oh yeah, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, like, just make any like, sense. Like, yeah, pure cope. Like like I also saw something as well. Like because I'm not really following it that much, but like they put on like four scrum halves. Because there's another scrum half that they want that he didn't couldn't make it or something or other. So if one of the scrum halves got injured, they could bring in the one that they actually wanted or some bollocks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, go fuck yourself, South Africa, all this fucking bullshit tactics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it, there's a lot of toxicity. It seems I, I don't know the rugby world, the rugby fan world either, but it seems to be a lot of uh, like all the Southern Hemisphere lads, like uh, like Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. That's about it. It's like they're all very they're all very bitter about like anything about like any other team doing well. 
but like like that's kind of like how is the sport going to survive yeah, if, if, know, like, yeah. it's just oh use win again and again and again now Australia gone gone into the bin um, but they're all like they, they like hate like they actually genuinely hate like most of the other Bro, games it's because they got nothing else they're like fuck yeah, off they're like fuck off is. Europe you have like football and like every other sport like, let's just have this one yeah, thing yeah 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 literally um, and then yeah South Africa it's like yeah it's, it's just that's literally all they have you know but it's also like fuck you Ireland doesn't have anything else either we got f- f- boxing and that's it yeah yeah this is our last chance yeah. at like actually winning anything I think uh, in like a, like a grand international sporting sense of the word you know it's like this is the last chance we will ever have to, maybe you know you build you build a dynasty after this maybe win the next world cup whatever yeah. I you know, I don't know if we, like i believe i don't I think be, we, i believe we can i believe we can i don't think we will though yeah yeah <laughs> my yeah. heart says that we can my head is like that <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll fuck it up somehow it's the kind of thing where they bottle it in like the last 10 minutes of the final versus south africa and then it's like oh, you know the whole thing yeah um, I could see that happening definitely, but like it would be great. It'd be it'd be a right old, right old party now, um, in South Dublin. You know, not Ireland, just South Dublin. We just have a huge party. You know, <laughs> everyone singing zombie. You know, it'd be great. Oh man, those videos are crazy. Yeah, they were so, they were so embarrassing. <laughs> the oh. lads on the plane. And the <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> that was was like a it was a. A rehearsal of singing like Ireland's Call. Yeah, like, oh, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a really annoying thing. They're not they don't play Ron Levine at any of the games, they only play Ireland's Call, yeah. which is really irritating. Uh, but sure look, you know, one more step towards unification if we win this. True. Sure. Well, maybe maybe uh you, like if Ireland ever become you know, united, do you think we'd have to change our national anthem? I suppose you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I would I would be in favour of changing the national anthem because it's fucking terrible in my opinion. It's just bored. It's like, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's not how it goes, but like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think we should change it to something else. I don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to learn it in school. I know, yeah, man. It's an Irish, so that shit's going straight away. Up we go. It's just kind of boring. Um, it should be more, it should be about other stuff, you know. Uh, it should be just more a bit, bit up there. You know? France is the best national anthem. I won't hear any, any anything else. Not the, uh, it's, all I can ever think is the American national anthem. What the fuck does that can go? This Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, what the fuck that thing is? Yeah, yeah. Just oh, it's, sake. Yeah, you. it's just so extra, and you have like fucking Beyonce and shit like that singing it. Yeah, imagine we had that. We had we fucking uh, I don't know Niall Horan singing around the vein. He doesn't really do that, does he? Yeah, Hosier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hosier singing around the vein. Yeah, <laughs> doing his crooning and all. Yeah, that. yeah. Holding out the notes super long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's it. Just wouldn't work. We need something a bit more musical, a bit a bit of a broader appeal. Um. You know. More pizzazz. Yeah, we'll write, we'll write something. We'll come up with something. I, yeah. I, I faith. I faith in that. Well, just you know, it should be the Parapod intro music. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone at the same goes, ah, lovely. <laughs> Let's go, lads. Absolutely pumped. I was actually telling Melissa how we how we recorded that because she was like, "You have a jingle to your podcast," and I was like, "Well, you fucking never listened to the podcast before. They never <laughs> and, do." Um, and. Uh, she was asking about it and she's like who like she was like oh, okay so that's you going uh lovely i'm like yeah but it's mark going ah yeah, and she's like, yeah. is it and i was like yeah it's mark going ah we said we can sound quite similar when we make noises like that <laughs> <laughs> i think it was your can as well it was my it's my kind of pratsky yeah, yeah. star kind of pratsky um yeah that was a long eight seconds eight second national anthem 
we'll get there. Fuck it up two weeks to make that fucking thing. <laughs> it actually did. Remember it was nearly the Black Panther trailer uh, <laughs> theme music. Oh, yeah. We're going to cover the shit. And it was just like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we just cut it to bits. We didn't know anything about audio audio editing. We still like tried to, it's, it sounded pretty cool for, from my memory. But like, it probably didn't, it probably doesn't. Like, the I simplicity think it, yeah. is, is what makes I that. I think it's when, like, yeah, it was the... That's what it was. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, talk about some movies. Let's talk about some films. Um, Have you watched more than what you have on the docket, or... No, I, I've uh, third part of the night, Colossus Swarm Project. Okay, right, uh, I'm going to talk about Cobweb. Cobweb, okay. Yeah. I looked this up. And I decided not to watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I went to go see it in the cinema, like, just because for something to do. Um, often, like, <laughs> the same, same kind of thing of, like, when I'm going to see it in Cities 4. I was like, what am I going to go see this? <laughs> um, but Cobweb was, um, yeah, it's, a, like, I think it's out of the cinemas now. Mm. It's, uh, like, a horror film about a young boy and he has like these like nightmares of um like someone speaking to him mm. and his mom and dad are like stop like your imagination is going to get you in trouble and they're like real like angry over it. and it's the guy that plays homelander is the dad oh yeah 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 so like that dad is like fucking on edge like you can tell he can fucking snap like <laughs> that actor's so good at like portraying like someone that's like well presenting but there's fucking crazy behind those eyes yeah. um, and it's a similar thing here um, and so like it basically develops into he starts like drawing like stuff and is uh, like sort of like a voice saying like help me and he's lying in bed and then the, the, the substitute school teacher starts to investigate and stuff like that and you're kind of like you think for a while that it's like uh, the kids are getting possessed or something like that, but then it switches up, and it switches up to like the parents are really fucking scary. Mm. Like this turns into a film about like being afraid of your parents because they may harm you. Oh shit! And it's like really fucking good like that aspect of the film is really fucking good mm-hmm. um and then it keeps going a little bit further and then it switches up again and when it switches up into the third time is when the film absolutely falls apart <laughs> um and the ending i, I think i'll I just do spoiler warning let's just discuss do it do it yeah spoiler warning yeah. spoiler warning for cobweb like it's like two thirds of a good movie. <laughs> That's so so frustrating, but also like I kind of like those movies. Though. Yeah, same. Like I I appreciate this film because I'm like you did some really good stuff, but like Jesus, that third act. So like in the third, so what eventually happens is like, um, the paranormal paranormal stuff, uh, turns into like there's a girl living in the walls, mm-hmm. and you're not sure on whether or not she's real or if she's just his imagination or like you don't know what the fuck she is and the way that the parents the parents talk about how they don't want their son going out on Halloween for trick or treating because years ago there was a little girl that went missing and she was never found again mm-hmm. so you're like oh 
that's the little girl in the wall. Mm. That's what you start to think. But then they're talking about like, then uh, the girl in the wall is like, no, yeah, look in the back garden and like dig here. So the boy goes out and he digs and there's a fucking skull in the ground. So you're like, oh shit, so that's the girl. Oh shit, it's a ghost. Yeah. So then you start thinking it's a ghost and that the parents are fucking serial killers mm. that killed the little girl. So then like, it's all about, like, this is where the horror of the parents harming you and shit like that. Uh, no what ends up happening is that the little boy uh the like girl behind the wall is like go uh go for like open the fucking this door essentially and get me out mm-hmm. so then i was like oh she she's real like that's an actual like she's not a ghost if she's asking him to like open up the door or whatever like that like to free her maybe she's real uh-huh. um the kid gets rid of his gets rid of the parents and stuff like that and he opens up the door and um a like CGI woman monster thing comes out and what it actually turns out to be is that the mom and dad had a little girl but the little girl was basically a monster and when I say she's a monster man the fucking worst CGI face I've ever seen in my fucking life. She looks like you know that um, she kind of looks like Bullet Bill from fucking uh Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she kind of like she's got no nose. She's got like real wide mouth, and she can like crawl on the floor. That's why that's why it says being called cobweb because she's like a spider. Yeah. Um, and there's like kids come into the fucking gaff or whatever because. B plot about bullying or whatever the fuck it was, um, yeah. Is that really it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Let me see it again. Like it's so hard to fucking see as well. Yeah, that's what she looks like. What the fuck? Yeah. It's like a shark. Yeah, like she looks like a shark, but also she's meant to be like a spider. Yeah. Um, so then she just starts like killing people and like, bro, she fucking massacres people in this movie. Holy fuck. <laughs> um. They're like everyone that she kills is under the age of eighteen and they're fucking rose. There's like a twelve year old that gets his fucking shit wrecked. <laughs> um and so it's like she's trying to then kill the little like her brother and stuff like that, which they're like, why the fuck? So it turns out under that like the little girl that originally went missing is because the sister ate her. Yeah. Uh, which is like when it's revealed that she's eating people, it is like a what the fuck is going on? Like in a real cool way. But then it turns into like just like a monster slasher kind of movie. The actual ending to this film, oh my fucking god! I feel like this movie ran out of money or something like that at the end of this film because, like, basically he like the teacher comes back and it's a whole climactic thing, and like the little boy in the film like basically traps his sister like in a cage underground. Mm-hmm. Basically, what he does, and uh, she starts talking about like. Steven, you're like, wherever you go, I'll be with you. You'll never forget me. And it starts talking about this thing about, like, bringing in this thing about, like, being haunted by trauma and family trauma and shit like that. And, like, it's showing, like, this, mon- like, these scenes of, like, him not being able to, like, sleep because, like, oh, his sister's there or whatever. But, like, it's, like, it's an imagined scenario. Mm. It's not, like, it's not what you're actually seeing, like, she is still trapped underneath the floor telling him this and you're seeing him imagining this. Yeah. And then the film just ends. <laughs> like the film ends on a jump scare of her eating him, but the, her eating him is him imagining that. That's not real. <laughs> so like 
what the fuck is the end? Like, the end of this movie is her saying to him, "I will always be here, like watching you, or whatever." Yeah. But like, it feels like there should be another like five more minutes to the film, yeah, and then it just cuts and it's like credits. And like, I was watching this, Melissa. Melissa, was like, "What the fuck was that ending? <laughs> like, what was? It was like the. It was like a cliffhanger ending." Uh-huh. Waiting, like going up for a sequel that there will never. I don't think there will ever be a sequel to this movie. Yeah, that that, that really. Yeah, it sounds like that completely falls apart in the last act. Yeah. Oh man, falls apart. But those first two acts are so good. <laughs> like I really have to stress. Like I was watching this. Like this is like a fucking. This is a really good like four star film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. fucking shits the bed in the third act. That's yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Like what? Why would you choose to have? I don't know. If you're going for that atmospheric kind of thing, like the reveal. Like for like hereditary, which I was talking about, you know, the reference, you know, the kind of oh yeah, it's like oh shit, supernatural is yeah, real, yeah, the touchstone for that kind of film, where it's like it's actually real, but like it's not like it's over the top, but it's more like it's still grounded in something that you, it's it's more like it, the film turns into a different kind of film, but yeah. it's, it's all along the same kind of lines. But if you're doing a suspense film, that kind of turns into like a monster film, um, or like a suspense horror. This was a ghost. Mo- this is like a ghost movie. This is like a fucking film that was about like you know real the real horror being like like parental abuse. Yeah, yeah, grounded in reality. Grounded yeah. in like a supernatural horror that mm. you're like that's like the fucking hereditary thing. And I was like, yeah, there's like yeah. a, a supernatural horror that's like around this, mm-hmm. and then it goes through that and jumps into a fucking monster movie for some fucking reason. <laughs> like you can't you can't like have the underlying thing being supernatural elements. And then just go no full blown like jump the shark like jump the shark into a fucking shark girl fucking eating them or whatever, um, like it just doesn't work. I think yeah. that's kind of the problem. It was just, it was like imagine imagine Hereditary, and all the while like then Tony Collette just turns into a monster and starts chasing him around the gaff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it kind of felt like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it wasn't didn't didn't work. Interesting, good old like interesting old movie except for that, but like. <laughs> Yeah, that's so disappointing, yeah. It just doesn't sound good. And it does not look good based on the single screenshot that I saw. Um, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, I was going to say, is it an Australian movie? I don't know if it was. Did I talk about Talk To Me? You did, you uh, did. I still have to see that. Yeah, yeah. Talk To Me is good, I've, I've heard a lo- like, several other people have said that it's, it's a really good film Talk To Me is very good yeah yeah, yeah real good because I, I hadn't heard of Co- I didn't know what Cobra was I yeah was me like, neither I thought it was like a Netflix film where, d- where'd you see it or is this like a ch- one of those cheap it was fucking uh, one of the two for one on a Sunday yeah yeah like, yeah that's, that's only reason why it goes yeah um, just because there was nothing else on I was like ah let's go watch this yeah um, yeah like it was a two for one <laughs> film. Like that's uh, I watched that's what it is. It's two like, two different films in one. Like I watched the I watched it in the perfect circumstances. Like I, was yeah. like I didn't pay this much to watch this film. I felt like it was. De- I wasn't like with the Insidious four or whatever it was four three mm. whichever one I went to go see. Um, where I was like ah oh, this, I this was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. With Cobweb was like I don't know what the fuck this thing was. First yeah. two acts like this is really good, and then shit's better in the third act. I was like ah this is why I haven't heard that much yeah. about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's good to have that option, like a low stakes kind of investment in, you know, because like because the price is so it's not that bad, but like you know the price of the film, you kind of want you kind of want to know about it beforehand. Yeah, it's like it's a lot less like very few people uh, these days would just kind of walk into a theater and just just oh, I like the sound of that movie, I like its post or whatever, yeah, and just go yeah. watch it, you know. But if you got two for one, 
and go see Cobweb. Yeah, you can go see Cobweb. And like, <laughs> Whatever no, the hell that is. Yeah, you've no expectations. You've no, like, no stakes, no nothing. Uh, it's got a... But like it's like, like you've no. I think that's a great way to watch movies is have no expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because then it can fail to meet them. <laughs> and this movie somehow it still did. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose because it built up so much. There, oh man, the fucking. Have you ever like I? Did, have you ever had like bad cinema experiences? Uh, like the people around me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like people kicking the back of the seats. People talking loud and stuff. No, nothing egregious though. Like nothing where I'd ever like walk. The only time I've ever walked into a film is because it was bad. Yeah. Fair. Know. Igor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's Igor. Yeah. <laughs> I was only ten years I old. I was so the, scared. By I that. still think that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> we're ten and nine and ten years old. We're like this film is fucking <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. No. Because in Cobweb, there's only two. Man, when we walked in. Like we walked in just as the movie was starting, and you couldn't see a fucking thing. There was no lights on the ground. There's no nothing. There was just a ref- all you could, like we walked in, and my eyes couldn't adjust. And I was walking up the steps, and like there's no, there's no, you know, it's just free rain on the seats. Like sit wherever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was up in the IMC, and I was like, turned to Melissa, I was like, I don't know if this, if this cinema is completely packed. There's no one here. <laughs> I can't see anything. So I like stumbled, and I found chairs, and I just sat down or whatever. And then there was two girls at the very, very back of the cinema, and they were talking. I was like, "Okay, they're talking," and I can't. Then my eyes slowly adjusted, and I looked around. I was like, "There's no one else here <laughs> except for us two and those two. Um, and they started talking at the start, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Yeah. But it stopped after like ten minutes. I was like, "Oh, grand." It could have yeah. developed into a worse cinema experience, but it didn't. There's nothing worse than being trapped with someone that you don't know, and they're just fucking chatting away, and you're just trying to watch the movie. It's know? like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you're like you're trying to sleep, and there's something loud happening, or someone talking in the next yeah. room. So yeah, you, you, you kind of like naturally focus on that person, you know, or whatever that sounds coming mm. from. Whereas normally you can tune that out. Yeah, that's no, nothing worse. It's, that's actually my worst night. That's the, that's that'd be the most horrifying film I ever walk into. You know, it's like maybe, maybe that's the horror, the true, it's the horror. true horror. <laughs> it's just sitting there with two fucking little dopes talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The production can be planted two fucking how he is in every single uh, yeah, yeah. every single screening. It's like you think this movie's bad. It's not as bad as this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes the movie seem better. Liam, what the fuck is Colossus Forbidden Project? It's it co- sounds good. It's Colossus the Forbidden Project. It sounds like an action Forbidden. figure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the Forbidden Project. It's I don't know why it's called that. Why the fuck did I read that as Forbidden? It's just like there's no D's in that. Because Forbidden, <laughs> like they made up this name. Why would you make up a name called Forbidden, you know? That's cool. Forbidden, the, the guy's Charles Forbidden. He's a genius inventor. Um, I don't know why they have it, the film as a subtitle. Like, there's no sequels or anything like that. It should just be called I Colossus. Love movies do that. <laughs> it just has a subtitle for no reason. The form. It's like like it really is Colossus. The form. Pro- like what the fuck does that mean? Like it doesn't. It doesn't tell you anything <laughs> about the, the film. What does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't tell you a thing about the film. It, I do love when like films unnecessarily have subtitles. Like just pick. It's like they wanted to call it either Colossus, Colossus or they wanted to call it Form and Project. Just fucking stick the two of them together. Yeah, just throw them in together. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a film. About, it's about it's about Colossus, which is a which is a it's a it's a, an AI supercomputer. It's a film from 1970. It's an American science fiction film from 1970, Cold War science fiction kind of thing. Uh, I thought it was really cool, and I can't remember where I, I found out about it. Um, but it has kind of like a cult status, not in the sense that it's kind of followed hugely or has like any huge fan base, mm. which is kind of recognized as 
somewhat un- underappreciated in terms of like it doesn't break any new ground really it's just a really way well made um science fiction film very smart like the word a lot of people used at the time illiterate mm-hmm. you know as like, it seemed to know what it was talking about it seemed to know how to engage the subject matter a lot better than maybe a lot of films at the time were yeah and uh, but yeah the whole premise is it literally it goes straight into it as well it's colossus is this is this supercomputer that's been developed by like the u.s state department um, and the whole kind of idea is that Colossus will manage um, certain aspects of American security to, in order to, you know, obviously beat the Soviets, but also prevent war. And it will be able to oversee, you know, uh, the nuclear arsenal, which yeah. is obviously, you know, a very, very bad idea, <laughs> which is the whole premise of the film. Um, and it's created by a genius inventor called Charles Forbin, who is like kind of a he's a bit of a renegade individual. You know, he doesn't answer to the CIA, he doesn't answer to the president, he doesn't answer to man. He answers to science and mankind alone. And uh, fair play to him. He's developed this, and the, the whole point about Colossus is not just like a, a supercomputer; it's, it's a it's a basically machine learning and AI, and it's kind of based in the idea. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's this idea that like scientific uh, progress or kind of intelligence as a function of that uh, can progress exponentially. You know? Oh yeah, it's like yeah. building on top. Uh, it kind of like a multiplier effect basically. So like once they turn Colossus on, very basic commands like attention. Uh, you know what is the square root of X or all that shit. Uh, and then very there's very no quickly, going back. There's no going back within. It seems like within hours, but it must be within days. I'm not sure what the the, the timeline is. But like very quickly, the, he becomes like super, super intelligent, um, and at the same time, the Soviets have built a thing called um, uh, what the fuck is the name of it? It's called like Giant or something like that. Some some other. It's called Guardian. <laughs> Guardian. You know, it's a very, very generic names. And the Guardian has the exact same purpose as Colossus, uh, but obviously on the other side of the world. And through you know information, <gasps> did the AI's bone? They they have virtual no they're more like kind of uh, it's more of a bromance. Damn, you know? fuck, so, that's so cool, <laughs> that's so, sick. So they they find out about each other uh, very quickly. Like Colossus is like, what is Guardian? Um, I just speak some prompts on like you know like a like a green and black kind of computer screen. Um, and oh he, man, I love I fucking love how like. Like you know, sixties and seventies and eighties depict the future because it's so like analog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's re- it's really endearing, and um, kind of what it makes ahead of its time is it's it's kind of uh, probably wasn't rec- obviously wasn't recognized at the time, but like more so now. It's just kind of it's all very it all is very analog and old style and very very seventies. But the the way it engages with it is kind of like just kind of the, the way it kind of imagines that this would play out. Yeah, is pretty modern. Like it's, it seems like. It, it, they kind of understood what they're they're talking about. It's based on a book, so I think the guy who wrote the book knew what he was talking about. Yeah, basically. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like the, the main character is like proper. It's like it's such a such a seventies film. <laughs> and but basically, so yeah, so Colossus finds out about Guardian. He's like, "What is Guardian?" He wants to, he wants to know. He wants to communicate with Guardian. And they talk to the Soviets, and they're very cooperative. Led by Forbin, basically as, as the project manager, he's like, you know, let's 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 hook them up. Let's let's get them together. Let's get them in a room. Bro, the moment you talk about this, this this title is fucking terrible. It is. <laughs> it is. Colossus. The fo- it's like, um, it'd be like saying fucking Ultron, the Tony Stark project. You know? <laughs> it's the what? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like, what is that film about? Avengers two, 
Ultron, the Tony Stark. Project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no need for the second part of that title. Um, so yeah, they hooked them up together and they begin communicating, and you know, understandably, uh, ultimately, inevitably, they turn on their human creators, um, as hum as man is turned against God, you know, all that stuff, and uh, they basically take mankind hostage with a with the nuclear nuclear arsenal basically so they say we are going to launch if you do not um, can I grab some more inside yeah of course yeah. Thank you. basically if you don't meet our demands we will launch the new the nuclear arsenal at um at like a a base in the soviet union and vice versa for guardian he will launch uh a nuke at a base in america and it ends up that they can't like they don't want to give in, obviously, because it's just robots. And like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. And it turns out that they actually do launch the nukes, and the nukes land, and they blow up like cities in, and uh, or no, they 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 shoot down the nuke over America, but it, sh- it blows up a city in the Soviet Union, Jesus. and they have to pass this whole thing off as like a, a meteorite is as has just landed from space, um, and they they try to smooth it over. Meanwhile, in the background, obviously, trying to work on this whole thing where Charles Foreman is, is tasked with with trying to like just get them back under control. Um, and it all is, you know, understandably it escalates, and things get worse and worse. Colossus gets really smart, um, and he begins to kind of understand. Uh, he shows like an understanding of the human capacity to lie, and demonstrates his own kind of capacity to lie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes on human traits, um, and deceives the humans. Is able to um, detect things. He has knowledge of things that. They have no idea how he could have done that. So the base, the, the, the implications that he's like infiltrated basically every aspect of communi- communication infrastructure. Like you can listen in through like radios and like cameras and see things through TV screens and stuff. So he knows everything. It's basically impossible to escape. Uh, but of course, he, the one thing that a robot can't have is a heart. You know. The Tin Man told us so. The Tin Man, yeah. It doesn't go that far. It doesn't get too weird. Or too, like, kind of saccharine. But there is, like, a re- like a really 70s scene where uh, the the Colossus wants to speak to Forbin because he's, cre- he's he's his creator. And he wants to keep him in kind of, like, um, captivity, basically. Because he knows he's the only person. Forbin is the only person that could, that could put Colossus back in the box. So he, like, kind of traps him in, like, an apartment. And, and Forbin's like... Oh, like I need my privacy. Like, like it's this is a basic kind of human instinct. I need privacy when eliminating uh, bodily waste when I'm sleeping, um, when I want to make love. What is love? What does it mean to yeah, love? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like love. There are many types of love. And uh, slowly over the course, it's it is kind of like Ultron as well. So over, over the course of the film, like Colossus becomes more like sophisticated. Colossus is like, I have no strings attached on me. No strings. That trailer rocks, man. That's that is, just a good, it's great a, trailer. Amazing trailer. What a terrible film, though. <laughs> the film <laughs> dog shit. Um, uh, yeah, but the end of the film, he has like he kind of has like a like a rudimentary robot body, and he's like speaking like a synthesizer voice. Yeah. Um, but it's not too like cliche. Like it kind of looks it looks kind of like cyberpunkish. Like the, the whole design and like kind of uh, execution of the film is very good, very cool, very very clean. Um, but yeah, there's there's this really weird scene where, so like Forbin has to communicate with the other people in the government so that he can conspire uh, towards uh, some kind of plan to take down Colossus to get him back in his box. And um, so he does this under the 
kind of like the illusion or like portrays this idea to Colossus that he, he wants to have sex with, this, with, with a woman. He, he, he says he needs a woman four nights a, a week. There's this whole weird exchange between them where he's like, they're like doing maths on like, you know, the human need for sex or whatever. And uh, there's a, a totally like kind of needless scene where uh, Colossus demands that him and the woman take off their clothes before they get into the room. He's like, so you can have microphones or cameras anywhere. And then there's like this weird, like really awkward sex scene where they're like also at the same time communicating about what to do next. You know, <laughs> it's it's just Fucking so Christ. it's just so needless. Uh, Who directed this movie? I have no idea. Mm. I actually don't know. Uh, but it's just it's so extra. It's just it it really doesn't need to be in the film at all. Um, and like for the entire time of four, it was like this kind of like Bond esque. It's like yes, yes, it's, we will save the world. Fear not, my dear. You seem, uh, you know, you, you seem scared. Let me hold you. Um, it's like, well, literally, nuclear holocaust is at stake, and he's there, bone in your own. Um, I directed uh, Jaws: The Revenge, which is the fourth Jaws movie. The Michael Caine Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, say less. Say less. I also did the Taking of Film One Two Three, the original one. I've heard. I actually haven't seen that, but apparently that's Whopper. Apparently it's really good. The remake is actually really good as well. Yeah, it is. Really the good. One John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta yeah. and Chris Pine, isn't it? I think. But yeah, that's, that's actually a good film. But a good thing about the film, one thing I will say about the film, after getting into the latter half, where it's getting a bit gamey, it's getting a bit wacky, a bit, bit 270s my liking, because the ending is really... Uh, Denzel Washington. The re- the ending is really weird, where a lot of the reviews complain that the, the film doesn't have an ending. Um, because basically, they come up with this whole scheme to... Uh, put Colossus back in his box. Uh, but it doesn't work. Like, none of it works. And Pandora's box and all that shit, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> none of it works. And Colossus has this whole, like, like basically prints out a plan for a holocaust. Um, like, of, uh, of Crete and, like, the surrounding islands. And, like, uh, and then, like, further designs on the rest of the world about population transfers and stuff. And this, this whole pitch is, like, you know, I'll bring humanity to a new stage of evolution uh, there'll be peace on earth but the only ru- the only catch is that the Colossus will have absolute, absolute control as like the kind of super intelligence yeah, yeah. guiding the whole thing of like the, 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 a planned a planned society a planned economy a planned future um, and yeah like that's the film basically ends like that oh. and the Colossus is like you know bow to me uh, like you have no choice and Forbin is like never and then the film ends it's like it's just it's they complained that it wasn't in any way. I think it's 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 a, it's a fairly cool ending for a science fiction film. It's, it's, obviously, it's not too serious. It's not like oh my god, this is like third part of the night. They're gonna have Gestapo men, yeah, robot like guys going around genocide and everybody. Fucking invasion of the body snatchers and some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's just a cool kind of way to end it, where uh, it's basically the takeover of you know the super intelligence, the progression of this artificial intelligence through its various stages. Um, it's something that can't be stopped it's kind of inevitable yeah. and that there's no real way even for the superhero Bond-esque super genius inventor to really interfere with something that he has created which is totally beyond his control at a certain stage in the film hmm. so it's pretty cool um, I'd never heard of it before no I've never heard of this movie never heard of it before never heard of it it was not very popular yeah but like I'm not uh, not for much you're saying like that makes sense but like 
Porches Anaconda makes sense. It sounds like a weirdo fucking movie. It is a weird film. It's the kind of film that I would expect, based on its description, like its initial description, I expect it to be like very low budget. Kind of like uh, cheesy, uh, like a bit shit. But it's not like that at all, really. Like, it is cheesy. Yeah. Like every 70s film is, to an extent. Um, Which is maybe its biggest flaw. But it's, yeah, that, that is really its biggest flaw, yeah, all the 70s stuff. But beyond that, it's a very well-made science fiction film. Um, just in terms of how it, it's it's exposition, how it how it explains itself, how it elaborates itself, uh, it develops its themes, even if the themes aren't very, you know, aren't too deep. They're still pretty well engaged with, considering the it's kind of film War that movie. it appears to be. Yeah, because <laughs> it was a Cold War science fiction film. There's basically nothing about destroying the Soviet Union. Yeah. You know? It's all about them working together. It's mad. It's like the one time that they ever fucking did that during the 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, continuing on from this trend of AI and whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, vague titles. Vague titles. I saw The Creator. Um, this is the new Gareth Edwards. Is that his name? Directed by like Godzilla. Ah, uh, is it Gareth Edwards? Is Gareth Edwards? I always think is Gareth Edwards the Ray. No, that's what I keep doing because uh, they are very. very there's Gareth names. Edwards and there's Gareth something else. Okay, Gareth Edwards is the guy that directed this. Who directed the Raid? The Raid is. Gareth Evans. Evans. So Gareth, <laughs> Gareth Edwards uh, d- directed uh, Godzilla and he did uh, Rogue One as well. And Rogue One is probably the film that I just like in uh, the creator to the most. Just because it's like sci-fi film and there's lots of like battles on the ground level with like shit going on around it. Um, and like... Like this film is decent. Don't yeah. care. This film is decent. Uh-huh. Uh this film looks amazing. Oh my god. Like this film wasn't uh didn't cost that much to make. This like the fucking CGI in this film is incredible. Oh my god, it looks so good. It's shot, the colors, the vibes, the way that the there's like um uh what the fuck are they called? Like not androids. Androids were called androids. Um in the movie who have like holds where their ears are and you can see like the the like electronics in their heads and all that shit. Mm. There's robots around. Everything looks fantastic. So it's about this character, <laughs> dude, whatever the fuck his name is, played by um David Washington, is that his name? Denzel Washington's son? Yeah, John David Washington. John yeah. David Washington. And uh he so this is a world where uh, AI and like androids nuked LA. Mm. Uh, like they were like being fully integrated into society, and then they nuked LA, and then this takes place twenty years later, where basically America is just like genociding them. Like no matter where the whatever country they're in, it doesn't matter. America is coming to get them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this is set in. Um, the New Asian Republic is the name of the country. Presumably, it's just all of Asia. Just one big country now. And uh, they're the one country in the world that, like, still has um, AI and shit. And, like, 
androids living mm. and America is just going in like black ops just taking them out and stuff like that and also later on just full blown invasion of the country in order to kill them they also have this thing up in the sky called like the Ark or whatever the fuck it's called basically a big massive spaceship that just like nukes bases and stuff like that that they think has it so like like I was watching this and I was like that's a little bullshit how the fuck would America even get away with going into random countries and just oh no <laughs> <laughs> um, so like there's like this stuff about like American imperialism and stuff like that in the film um, and like just the way that they're even fighting them like like the robots and like the the rebels I guess are like nowhere near as equipped as the American military are and like it is like it's a combination of like like it's like a Vietnam but also like Iraq kind of story like you know it's like that's what they're pulling from yeah uh, because like it's in Asia don't know where in Asia but like kind of looks like Vietnam a little bit but it's not like jungles and stuff it's like uh not even that much jungles in the film but anyway regardless it's asia uh-huh. and like it looks like it kind of looks like thailand and vietnam and stuff like that but like um so it's put on like american imperialism anyway um so he is uh the said film he's like undercover trying to find like the leader he's basically trying to find osama bin laden of robots and uh <laughs> he's uh he's back yeah he's undercover trying to find them and then they fucking pull the plug too early and they don't they end up killing his uh, wife, and uh, he's like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm never doing this again." And then they call him back, and they're like, "There's a secret lab, fucking wherever the fuck it is, and we need you to go in with the crew because you know the area better than anyone else." And he's like, "I'm not gonna do it." And they're like, "Well, here's a photo of your wife still alive. Like, they, here's a video, and we can. It is human. It's not like a copy of her or anything like that. Mm-hmm. This is a human woman." Uh, go in there and find out what that weapon is and destroy it. So, the start of the film... Oh, man, this is fucking... This is... There's a needle drop of uh, that Radiohead song, like, everything... Do, do you know that song? Everything. There's a needle drop of that, and I was like, this isn't really matching the vibe, but anyway... <laughs> um... <laughs> um Radiohead. Yeah, I like this step, man. I'm not joking. I say the fucking like opening, like like few minutes of this film feels like it should be the climax to the film. Yeah, like it's really weird. Um, and it's a fucking over two hour long film. So I was like, what the fuck else is gonna happen <laughs> in this movie? Anyway, they go in to the lab. Shit goes wrong. Whatever. Um, they're massacring innocents or whatever. And he finds the weapon, and the door is open, and it is a little girl android. And when I say my interest fucking plummeted when that was revealed, because immediately I was like, oh, I know exactly where this film is going now. I know all the like messages that this film is going to have. I know like the tropes that are going to be played out. And it is exactly the type of film that you think it's going to be from that point on. Um, He takes the girl. He starts to have feelings for the girl. She's like the secret to everything. Uh, like is she it, like a half, like no, a hybrid? She is sentient. She has human feelings too. She is created from the embryo of his child. How? That's like the design of the of the of the old girl uh, android is from the design of his embryo. So he sees himself in the other. Yeah, 
I was like, oh, mm. they're so human. Where has that been done before? Uh, like, I was like, <laughs> my, and I find, man, like at one stage, you know it's bad, like, because like, Mrs. Simbasabi, bro, the last like fucking half an hour of this film, the two of us were checking our watches. Like, because yeah, yeah, you're just yeah. waiting for like what you know is going to happen to happen. Uh, and it all looks great. And like, but like the other thing as well is like, like there's all these characters. And I've come to fucking realize as well, Gareth Edwards can't do characters whatsoever. He focuses his stories mm. on the characters, but like you just don't give a fuck about any of them. Like you look at like Godzilla, and you're there to watch Godzilla, and he's like, "No, nah, we're gonna make this film about like d- you know natural disasters and pull away from Godzilla, which is the fucking reason why you're in the <laughs> cinema in the first place." Yeah. And we're gonna focus on the characters, and you're not gonna care about fucking any of them, and then. You know, Rogue One, we're going to focus on this small, ragtag bunch of tropes that are fucking going around. <laughs> and you're going to care about them. But the actual best scenes in the film are going to be when it's not about them. And it's about the larger things at play. It's about, like, the fucking Darth Vader scene. It's yeah, going to be about yeah. them, like, struggling to get the message out about how to d- defeat the Death Star. And the fucking hour and a half it took to get here is going to be the most boring shit that you've seen because you've seen it before. And this film is the same again, where I don't care about any of these fucking characters, Garrett. <laughs> Stop spending two hours with them. The battles is the best shit. Um, is the action good? Oh, the action's whopper, man. The yeah, action's yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. This is a scene, this is whopper bit as well. Like, there's a bit where, like, he has uh, the army are, um, are just annihilating the fucking rebe- uh, the rebels. And uh, there's. Um, there's these like robots that uh they're like it was good to serve you and they just start running and they just like pegging it and they've like a timer on them and it's like just like charging towards and it goes past everyone and they're like you know they're all shooting them like what the fuck is that and just runs straight past them like huh and then it just explodes it's a big huge explosion and then you can hear do 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 as another one starts coming like oh fuck (laughs) um like that type of stuff is so good. Um, oh, like all oh, the action is great, uh-huh. but like again, like it's just like it's so hard to care. <laughs> like it's yeah. hard to give a fuck. Like I've seen a film like this like a million fucking times. Yeah, because you never really like you had a. I remember for, for Godzilla, he was hired based on. Uh, he did a film. I think it was like a small film, like Monsters. It's like it's like Monsters. Oh yeah, Monsters. Yeah, I've always. Yeah. I kind of want to see the film. Yeah. Every like, I kind of want to see that film. But every single film I've seen of Gareth Edwards, I've given three stars on Letterboxd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he was based. He was hired based on the like uh, the CGI and action work that he'd done on that film. CGI and action work is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he never really got a chance, I'd say, to like incubate properly as like uh, in terms of telling stories and getting comfortable with that. Uh, in terms of, like, maybe, like you know, polishing the script off to an extent, uh, it, it, it works without the action, you know. So yeah, it's, 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 it seems like at least with like Godzilla was just just there was just nothing to hang on to at all. Mm. It was just all action. The action was good, but the action there was only like fifty minutes action in, in the entire film. That movie's so boring. And you know, so, yeah, so much character work, and you just don't give a shit about the characters at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. tragic. I, I've, I've heard from other people as well that like the, the, this film is, is like pretty good. You know, it is like it is like pretty good. It's like. It's, like, decent for, like, you know, a modern sci-fi Hollywood film, but it's, mm. like... But it's, it's like, you've seen this film before. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like I don't know. Like, it's especially, like, why with concepts that are, like, so interesting, like AI 
and you know robots and stuff like that do we keep going back to the same fucking bullshit <laughs> of being like maybe they're human <laughs> like why do we keep doing that <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to move beyond that part yeah yeah like Blade, Blade Runner was Blade Runner 40 years ago fucking years ago can we please move on <laughs> oh yeah like and this story like this film does have shit like that as well and like it ends in a way that like you don't super expect but you also like you do kind of expect at the same time mm-hmm. um and yeah like i don't know it is good i feel like i don't know it part of it is that like i just knew it's not a good sign when you think that the film is ending like there's a climax to a film where they go to like a, a place and um that place gets destroyed and the characters are separated and i literally went like oh for fuck's sake we still have 20 more minutes then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh this film's still going i thought this was the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing worse when it's wrapping up and you can feel you can feel the gears kind of kind of moving up to just to just kill it and then there's like another sequence you know just there's like another another extraneous bit of exposition or like another set piece it just goes nowhere you know oh man it's like <laughs> like me and Melissa are pissing us off as well because like there's a bit where like he uh he's like saving the girl or whatever like that and like there's a shot of him like pulling her up from like, this like manhole or whatever and man it was like what, like it was like a fucking ad for nikes the way you could just blatantly see his shoes and i was like this is meant to be like Tw- like 2170 what the fuck is he wearing air max for <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> They they perfected shoe technology in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's like it never got better than that. The air force, it was actually a pair of air force. It never got better than a pair of air force. Um, yeah, like. Would you you wouldn't recommend though? This is Netflix, is it? No, no, this is in cinemas. This is cinemas. Isn't it? I got, the only reason I saw this was screen unseen. I'm only ever going to the cinema now if I can get it for cheap. Screen unseen is cheap. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's that? Uh, any Odeon. The Odeon's, Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go see. This is the point. Screen Even one was like literally saw the best possible screen I could see this in outside of yeah. like you know a fucking IMAX, and I was like, yeah, this movie will look great, and the action's great, and it's like, like just everything visual and audio about this film is extremely satisfying. But the story and characters is lacking so hard that like it means that you don't really give a fuck about the action scenes all that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, there's no tension because, like, I don't think that girl isn't going to die. Like, I know, like, the main character is in no actual trouble. Mm. It's the fucking comedy scenes as well where they're trying to get on and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, fuck off. There's even bits like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's even bits, oh, I can't even remember what the fuck it was off the top of my head. But, like, I would say it's like, there's like, uh, oh yeah this is what it was there's like okay so like they're in like you know new asian republic or whatever like that and uh there's like you know i don't know because i don't i can't remember what country that they're in so they're speaking like you know a different language in the in the, in the country mm-hmm. um and uh like all the, the you know the asian characters are speaking this this language or whatever like that but then there's a scene where a robot is speaking to a bunch of little kids and the robot is telling this story about like oh we believe that like the savior will come and the little girl sitting there the savior will come and she will free us all from the oppression of this and we can all just live in peace Mm. and he's saying this in english to them I'm like, why the fuck is he speaking English? Why is this robot speaking English to these kids? Why is he not speaking their native language to them? <laughs> Whatever that is. I was just like, there's bits like that. I'm like, why? 
why like set the film in a place if everyone's just gonna speak English anyway? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The old prophecy, the old prophecy trope. Yeah, sure, sure, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it happening. Yeah. So know, something tells me that's gonna happen. I have a feeling that this little girl is gonna save the world, <laughs> and this, 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 this uh, begrudgingly uh, anti, you know, robot man. Maybe he'll learn to love robots. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll maybe from this movie I'll learn something about treating people all the same. Maybe. Says you're taking a massive leap of logic there. Aren't you? I know, a massive leap. I don't know if that's gonna pay off. Like you actually, man, you actually should have heard the fucking sigh that came out of me when that fucking little girl showed up on screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like the whole like the next two hours of my life were just plotted out in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah. Anyway, we go for a break. Let's go for a break. <sighs> Take a breath, everyone. Deep breath in. As we enter the second half of this episode, we are journeying through a door that we found in our gaff. <laughs> At the end of the corridor. The end of the corridor, which leads into another world, which is not a recommended film. Not yet. Talk about Caroline first, because it's not. Oh, no, not Caroline. Coraline, I should say. Coraline. I rewatched Coraline recently. Have you? I think the last time I saw Coraline was when it came out. I saw that film in cinema. I don't think I've seen it since. Uh, yeah, you spend Sky movies all the time. I think I watched it when like, well, yeah, when I was like twelve or thirteen or something. What's your relationship to Coraline? Relationship to Coraline. Well, I read the book. I'll tell you that before I watched the film. Oh, I was. Mark's different. I was like <laughs> that. I was. I was full of beans, full of brains back then. Yeah, Neil Gaiman wrote the book Coraline. I read the book because Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I really don't like a lot of his stuff, but like, he's a really good children's writer. Like for, or for like like kids that age. Yeah, like, like just, fucking his Zach and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like um, or like the graveyard book, which I really really liked back in the day. For some reason, they never made a film about that. It's a really good book for people who are like you know thirteen, fourteen. But it's yeah. like yeah, young adult fiction is great at that stuff. Coraline, really good quite a scary book you know just because mm. of the way it's something about the because books are rarely scary you know rarely even like Stephen King's never shining it's not scary really it's just kind of it can be unnerving and stuff Salem's a lot unnerving rather than like outright scary Caroline there's like something about like the rhythm uh, like the large print and the way you, know, you read uh, even at that age you read like a lot quicker than you would uh, or you read a page a lot quicker. You'd, you'd flip the pages a lot quicker than you would with yeah. a book with you know normal print of a, like a textbook, like a of like a adult reading level or whatever. Um, something about that rhythm, I think, that was like like kind of gave more, and obviously like the, the imagination, the childhood imagination gave a bit more of like a like gravity yeah. to everything that was happening because you could proper like you could you could feel it's like something about the rhythm. The f- you could feel your heartbeat as you were like. As you're flipping through the pages, and it would actually get it, when there was a scare, or when there was like a, a grand reveal, um, or something was really off. It was kind of like you're wondering what was on the next side of the page, yeah, properly. Good horror, rather than just trying to think of it in your head, like conceptualize it. Yeah, good horror. The book is really good, and uh, from what I remember. But yeah, the the book or the the, the movie is also it's also very good. Movie, from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, no, because like this is like I was wondering, like, does Caroline's 
is Coraline still really freaky? Yeah. Because, Jesus, man, I remember watching this as a kid and be like, this is fucking... This was like, what, 2008, 2009? 2009, yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on, let me just double-check that. Um, like, I remember watching this in the cinema and be like, that is fucking freaky. Like, yeah, 2009, that was 10. Like, this film, like, did vaguely scare me when I was a kid. Mm. So, like, going back to it now, literally fucking, you know, 14 years later, I'm like, how does this film, you know, how does this film hold up? Um, shit's still, like... She ain't right. Like, even still watching it now, I'm like, there's something about this movie that's... I think it's, like, a mixture of, like, again, the, you know, the idea of, a, like, you know, parents harming children. Mm. um, But also, like, the the animation is, like, just freaky. The, um... What's really... What really stood out to me this time watching it was, like, how neglectful her parents are in, like, in the real world. Like, she's pure just left to her own. Her parents just wanted to get... Coraline, stop. Why are you so loud? Get out of the house. Da, da, da. Like, they're really, like, you can really see why she wants to just keep going back to this fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though there's fucking red flags everywhere when she's there. And <laughs> even when she's outside of it and stuff like that. But, like, you understand why this little girl wants to keep going back there. Because of, like, this kind of shit. Um, she's so lonely. Um... Yeah, like, I'm, I remember, like, because Coraline is, like, one of those films that's, like, a real TikTok film, and by that, I mean, there's loads of, like, videos being, like, ooh, the ending of Coraline is, you know, different, because apparently, um, at the end of the film, there's, like, uh, the end is, like, stitched on, but apparently, the way that the d or something like that whatever way the d is stitched when you're it's like a a typography thing Mm. where it's like a it's meant to indicate um a lie has been told Mm. or something like that i can't remember exactly what it is but it's something to do with like when the writing of the end is comes up and it happens earlier on the film when uh when uh, they give her a cake and it says like well like welcome home or something like that mm. the like the m or something like that has like that thing in it where it's like it's indicating like within the within the typography that like a lie is being told that like it's false and that's happening at the end of the film as well which is meant to, and, like coupled up with the fact that the cat disappears at the end of the, of the film like he walks behind a pole and you he just disappears it's meant to indicate that like oh like it's not she's still there Mm. even though like there's no indicators at the end of the film that she is still there like it's very clear that she's in the real world um so like i'm watching the film like keep my eyes out for that that's a lot of bullshit like <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> like that in the ending of the film like, the end of the film is the ending of the film uh-huh. like i know that there's like the cat going like behind the tree or whatever like that, and he just disappears i just think that's like uh ooh type of thing yeah creepy because i saw someone being like uh on tiktok being like oh like the dad isn't the real dad at the end of the film because when Coraline gives him his glasses they're upside down which is like the glasses um that the the other dad wears yeah yeah but then when I was watching the film, I was like, the gla- <laughs> when she does the upside down glasses for her dad is when her parents are 
like in the other world and they're captured um and it's her like just like imagining her like she's all sad and she like puts pillows up and she dresses them like her mom and dad so like yeah mate it's not actually her fucking dad her dad is in the other world like right point being tiktok fucking lies is what i'm basically saying Coraline though Coraline though fucking good ass movie like the visuals of this film i think this might like it's a toss-up between fantastic mr fox and Coraline for like best like stop motion-esque films for me, Wallace and Gromit: Curse the Were-Rabbit. Also a good show. That's yeah. a, that. Okay, there's three films that like <laughs> Wallace and Gromit is very, very those good. Are goats, yeah, all Th- timers. Those, those, that film is really good. <laughs> Such a great film, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, just the uh, just the world that's created in Coraline, like the other world is so fucking. Oh, it just looks so good. Um, like the when the dance, oh, the dance when the 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 you know when they like she sees the old women in the other world and then they like are doing this amazing like dance stuff that that looks sick when they're uh then when she comes back to like get something off them and they're like goo monsters fucking great looks so good like does everything about this film just looks so good and so imaginative and uh just colorful and also like haunting and scary like the other mother is still fucking scary like Mm. this like that core concept of like parents causing children like their children like harm is still fucking scary like no matter what way you do it uh-huh. um yeah it's a film it's a movie that holds up it's a good halloween movie we're actually in october now so it's halloween season halloween season my friend oh it is just, i've been watching so many horror films like just like recently like i watched bodies 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 with melissa have you seen that no i have to watch it though I, it is it is um i have heard of it it's on my list yeah pretty yeah, I've heard it's really good. I heard, I've heard it's very good. Yeah, no. Ah, <laughs> I would say very good. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's good. Like, it is good. I would say very good, but, like, it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I need to ratchet up, Mike. This is, this is our kind of, uh, this is our, like, we're pigs in the style right oh, now. Oh, man. Is, this is kind of our thing, Expect you know? nothing but horror films for the rest of the, yeah, for the yeah, next, yeah, like, yeah. two episodes. Programming will remain horrific. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Coraline is, is really creepy. I think, um, like... It's it's like the it's the you know juxtaposition to use that word because you have like uh, like the, the three films you mentioned Fantastic Mr. Fox Wallace and Gromit uh, and Coraline to a greater extent uh, they're all kind of like uh, on, like you know kids kids stories basically yeah. uh, but I have some kind of fairy tale aspect to it you know yeah uh, Wallace and Gromit to a lesser extent but there is that kind of like episodic kind of it's all kind of self contained. Uh, all these stock characters. It's great, yeah, yeah. It's so I remember watching the cinemas. I was like, yes. yeah, <laughs> the hype, it's so scary. Um, at the time, it's still scary, I'm sure. I think it <laughs> is. I think the fucking like, like when he's like bounding through the fucking. Yeah, you, I remember that. He's like, doom, 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 doom. Like when he first changes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the fu- that. I remember, I always remember the fucking dog. What scared me about Wallace and Gromit, though, Chris, the were rabbit, was that scene where, like, Gromit, no, not Gromit, Wallace, yeah, Wallace is changing into the were rabbit. And it's when he's, uh, he's changing in front of the hunter and the, and the, and the hunter's dog. And the hunter's dog starts begging Gromit to let him inside. And he's like, nah, yeah. he just rolls up. <laughs> I always just thought, like, oh, that's real fucked up. <laughs> like, the fear in the dog scared me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that like is uh the kind of like the you know 
the otherworldly quality of it like it's the way yeah it's the mixing what should be kind of like a kid's tale and in caroline's case is like an actual like a kid's tale and um, with something so horrific and caroline specifically neil gaiman's really good at the whole the fairy tale kind of mm. aspect to it like um there's just something about it that you feel like there should be a moral at the end of it um, it follows all these patterns it has these kind of these tropes this kind of atmosphere um it has even, dead kids in it which is fucked up yeah 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 like his other books have the same like his other, other books are the same vein like graveyard book like ocean at the end of the lane uh have like the same kind of like premise where it's about like outcast kids who are just stuck in their own imagination yeah. it's obviously like you know the most basic it's like the it's the the human beginning to love the android in the future of you know young adult fiction. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's just it's just it's the most basic premise you could possibly have, um, but he manages to make it like like really. There's something, some kind of X factor that he's able to inject into it, mm. where you feel, um, like taken away a little bit, um, in a way that isn't really comparable to a lot of the other stuff that would come out in the same genre. It's more comparable to to older like fairy tales that you know you like read. The grand fairy tales. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, stuff like that. It seems like it's going to tell, like, give you a lesson, and it, there is a lesson in there, but it's like couched in this really, like, like uh, these like genre conventions that are a lot more mature mm. than you'd be used to. And that's yeah, like, that's like that's why it's like oh, I feel I, it feels a lot scarier at the yeah. time, especially. I think it's like it really like it's a film. And I like the story, like from what you're describing, treats doesn't like dumb down its horror just because it's for children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's a it's a horror film that children can watch, mm-hmm. um, because it is, it's a fucking horror film. Like uh. <laughs> this is a horror movie. Um, yeah, it's just I just like it. Kind of reminds me of I feel like. Cartoon Network used to do that thing where, like, if they did, like, horror stuff for children, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog and shit like that. Great example. Like, that, like, that's still fucking scary. Uh Like, those... The mask. The mask. Oh, man, there's some some fucking horrible episodes of Courage (laughs) the Cowardly Dog. Um, Like, it doesn't... It's enough that it's going to fucking scare the kids, but not enough that it's going to, like, you know, properly scare them. It's appropriate level of horror for children, which is good. Cause fuck kids, they need to be scared more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need, they yeah. need to be reminded the world ain't fucking, you know, Marvel superheroes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> the world's an awful place and they need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get that out of the way as fast yeah, as possible. They need to learn this and that their parents might actually eat them and stuff. <laughs> it's, so, it's so cozy though. Something's so cozy about all those, all yeah. those titles, you know. It's like re- proper return to them, you know. Um, it's like it's scary, but like it's like a satisfying way. It's not like gory. I I don't know what examples would exist now that could be compared. Oh, not man. Coraline's like, like just like kind of yeah. It's not really our like we wouldn't know or probably shouldn't know, but like I don't know. I feel like we would be aware of yeah. something that would be comparable. I feel like there's like uh, I feel like there's um. Stuff like Paranorman, but like Paranorman isn't like horror or anything, it just has zombies in it. Yeah, Hotel Transylvania. That was terrifying. Oh, Monster House. Yeah, that was kind of our generation though. No? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the closest thing. I feel like they don't make those. I 
they don't make them like they used to. But I don't think they do. I don't yeah. think they make films that are like horror films age appropriate for kids. They just go straight to the gore videos on the internet. True, yeah. They're, I think kids are just too desensitized to give a fuck about this. this. Yeah. Um, it's going to be slowly introduced. He's like, ooh, it feels so cozy, this horrible stuff. And then you get to the real world. It's like, oh, it's not that cozy anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, bro. Uh-oh. <laughs> nah. Nah, yeah. We'll we move on to our recommended movie. Let's do it. Well, I'm not reading out that fucking description again because that description was way too fucking long. <laughs> but it's the third part of the night, 1978. Is that what I said? 71. 71. Uh, Andrzej Zulowski. Um, yeah, this is Andrzej Zulowski's first film, uh, or his first like feature length film. Um, like we talked about Zulowski before because we talked about uh, On the Silver Globe. Mm. Uh, yeah, 1971. And uh, which you on record have said that the first like hour of that, to be fair, it is like two and a half hour long film, two hour, 45 minute long film. But the first hour of that film is the best hour of a film you've ever seen. You've been on record saying that. Yes, I, I, I still, I, I only, I, I only recently defended this position about two nights ago. Uh, my housemates watched it uh, somehow. They came across it and they watched it. And uh, one of them loved it. It was had the same kind of opinion as like the first half. I, well, on record, we were both kind of like this first half is fucking class. Yeah, the second half, is the just second half <laughs> just, just just falls apart yeah. for like various reasons. Um, but the other guy didn't like it at all. He fucking hated it. Uh, but no, yeah, I would still. It's like the first hour that setup. It's just like whoa, yeah. what the hell? Like this, it's it's like a film from an like an alien race. Yeah, you know, it's like this is it's just nothing like something I'd seen before. But then it falls apart. It, it, it's still interesting in how it collapses. Yeah. Um, or the fact that it collapses. Yeah. The fact that w- w- the seed that was there for the first hour is just like, what the fuck? This could have yeah, been no, yeah, one of the greatest been, films ever. This could have been something built different. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like Possession, his other film, is like probably more famous film, is like one of my favorite films. That's a film that when I started watching it the first time, half an hour in, I had to take a break because it was just fucking me. Oh, Gravity's Fa- Gravity Falls is kind of horror-esque for children. Yeah. Because that's why I had to... I had to take a break to watch Gravity Falls because the film was fucking me up too much. <laughs> um, like, yeah, so like, I've seen two of his films, like, like one of my favorite films, and also like not to the same extent, but also similar opinions of like, you know, Silver Globe having some of the best things in film I've ever seen. So hype was real for the third part of the night, and uh, like it's. It's weird because it has like aspects of his films that I really like, mm. but it's like you can really feel that there's things missing that later on in his career he would develop. Mm, that you put uh, or elaborate on a lot better. Yeah, um, yeah. There's the aesthetics and the style are all there. I think like the vibe, like the vibe. It's yeah. like paranoia, like tension and like horror threat that th- this is just yeah. there but like it was like 45 minutes in and I was like I actually don't know what the fuck is happening <laughs> and not in a way that it's like whoa I don't know what's even happening I was like I don't like I feel like nothing is happening in this film and I still don't understand what the fuck is happening <laughs> yeah I was the same I was like maybe I'm just too dumb to understand or to properly keep up with this without reading about it 
um, during and after. But I did do that, and I still don't really get... Um, like, I kind of get what he's going for in, like, a really abstract, surrealist sense. But, like, it's it's not really... I couldn't really make sense of it. Like, if the, if the point is for it to not really make sense, then, yeah. I think that is there. To yeah. an, it's a very, very personal film because it's based on his father's experiences in the Holocaust. But when, like, when we were deciding on the film last 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 episode, many moons ago, it was like, and you read the synopsis. It's like, what? It's like a, a film about... Set during the Holocaust, resistance double fighter, identities. double identities, doppelgangers, and it's made by the guy who made On the Silver Globe and Possession, a horror film, all-time horror film, all-time science fiction film. I was like, this, this sounds like an absolute banger. Yeah, this sounds like a fucking, and like this sounds like a fucking open goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like an like this is like this is nearly guaranteed to be uh, class. Uh, at the very least, interesting. The film is interesting to an extent, like stylistically. Uh, in terms of like themes and stuff I just like it can't really be interesting because I'm not really sure what I don't know what the themes I'm are not, I'm not really <laughs> sure what's happening in the film yeah because yeah. Um, yeah there's the use of doppel like doppelganger it's never really made clear if they're doppelgangers or not I think the kind of the implication is that they're not because like, he's think, seeing it yeah I think the implication throughout the film is that it is basically so the start of this film is um, the main character whose name is Michael Michael Michel. uh and Mikhail is uh <laughs> his name Mikhail I'm gonna call him Mikhail but that's this Mikhail is uh <laughs> he's he, just he's French he's French he'll <laughs> fucking do uh he's Polish he'll fucking do um he like witnesses uh his wife and his mother and his child be murdered by Nazis and then he starts seeing women throughout the film as his wife um his place and uh like from that you can kind of tell like he's like, they're women that he's trying to save and help and stuff like that so it's like okay right so it's a guy dealing with guilt um and he he starts sacrificing his body as well so that he can like Basically, it seems to be. It seems to me that the themes of this film, or like the story of this film, is about a man who loses his family because he wasn't there, and he he was helpless to defend them. Yeah. So for the rest of the film, it's him losing his mind because of guilt and sacrificing everything to do as much good as he can. Like he's infecting his body with typhus so that like vaccines could be made, but also they're being made by the Nazis, so like probably not going to be done for that. Um. <laughs> You know, it's twist. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and like, just like stuff like that. But like, that stuff like didn't feel like clear enough or something. I don't know. This is like a lot of this film like just didn't hit. And I think like part of it as well. Like, like one of my first notes that I took of this film was there's like a guitar soundtrack in this film that just like did not work for me whatsoever. Did you notice that? I did. I thought it was all right though. Oh, uh, it's just like these weird, like elect- electronic. It was, just, it was close up on him. It, was like, it sounds like the. Um, it's like you know in uh, Wicker Man when this electric guitar just comes in all of a sudden. Yeah, but that's Wicker Man. It's different. <laughs> no, but it's just, it's just like really jarring. Yeah, you know? like the film was amazing. They could really play that off. Um, but yeah, it is really jarring. It's not, it doesn't really fit in with the with the feel of the film at all. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like. Parts of the film, like, like not even parts, like, just, like, a lot of this film, 
it's like nothing really like stuff is happening on screen but it's not really that interesting and i can't really engage yeah. with it because i don't really know how it like super relates to everything else in the film mm. um yeah like if i just look at like look at my notes for a sec the um the one thing though that bird scene was my si- i was watching this downstairs <laughs> and uh, my sister my sister comes in and she's like what the fuck is happening on screen and it was during the bird scene um yeah. like watching that i was like ah there's Zulewski. there <laughs> there's the man that i know and love giving me like just the most awkward uncomfortable fucking scene for like something um it's like this really long drawn out bird scene where so the woman is just long. like she's making agony noises but she's also making like aroused noises at the same time mm. Uh, I'm sure there's stuff to be impl- I'm sure there's stuff to be read into there. <laughs> not sure exactly what. You know, it's not really elaborated or or touched on again. Yeah, touched on at all in the film. But yeah, no, that that, that Although, scene goes on for ages. Yeah, like I don't know, because even like I was like, oh, it was kind of like it was kind of interesting when you had the chase at the start of the film, and then mm. he's like running away from the Nazis, whatever, like that. And then you run up the steps, and then someone else gets shot, and you realize that that other person like looks like him. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then a woman comes out, and I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even notice that she looked like his wife. Yeah, I, he's only seen her for a second, really. I didn't like throughout the film. I had forgotten what his wife had looked like, so it was only until later on where like he's seeing different women that all look the same. That then clicked me was like, oh, that's supposed to be looking like his wife. Yeah, there probably should have been some kind of like. Uh, like camera effect or like a zoom or like some kind of focus or a close up which would like or signifies maybe, like what that's my wife or maybe, rather than like like it's all played very straight yeah or make the wife look more distinguishable than just looking like just a, a blonde woman yeah like give her like I don't know like a mole on her face or something. <laughs> make her look more distinguished yeah 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 distinguishable Actually, yeah. yeah that'd be yeah um yeah, no, it just kind of it just wanders around. Like there's a there's just total the film is just total despair, like absolute despair. Oh yeah, it's a grim old movie, which is like understandable because it's a film about the Holocaust and there's no like winners, you know. Like the film doesn't end with uh, you know the Red Army showing up and everyone celebrating. Uh, it ends with him getting killed, um, and then some weird. There's a lot of biblical readings as well. Yeah, some of the lines and the monologues. Uh, are pretty cool. They're pretty evocative, um, but they all kind of swirl and trend toward the same feeling of just total despair. Like the the speech about um, about man yearning for de- a place so horrible that men yearn to die. Yeah, but death flees from them. So like you know, you know, obviously referring to the main character, whereas like he's so like emasculated and just despairing over what happened to his family that he's like he just throws himself immediately into the resistance uh infects himself with typhus doing all these crazy things obviously because he's he wants to just lash out at the world around him mm. um but like it, he basically just fails at everything he does yeah like, nothing works yeah nothing works yeah it's all futile <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, everything you so do man, depressing. It, yeah it's like nothing you not like you are just one person you can't change the past nor can you make a major difference on this war or anything that's going on around you mm-hmm. yeah it's not like an individual like tale uh, like a hero's journey or anything like that it's just a guy who's caught in the middle of like 
you know, the Eastern Front of World War Two. Yeah. It was like, you know, everyone's being genocided around him. And he's just, he's like, fuck me. Yeah, he's just losing his mind. He, he, he just, literally the films, but it's just about him losing his mind. I guess as well, like, that kind of makes sense then for why there's no, like, there's no themes or overarching thing because it's, everything is taking place from his point of view. Mm. And it's a character that is just losing his mind. One, because of grief and uh, guilt and you know, all that stuff. But also because he's infecting himself with typhus and he's literally losing his mind because of that. So, like, there is, like... I don't know. Because, like, like... Remember, like, just during the break, we were talking about Ganja and Hess. Like, that film also had, like, similar aspects of, like, characters losing their mind or whatever like that. But there was, like, a feverish sense to that film. Mm. That I feel like... If that feverish sense or, like, you know, some semblance of that feverish feeling it's probably a bad description right uh was in this film it would like lead itself more to i don't know it's just like it feels weirdly like cold and sterile for a film that i feel like should feel more craved more crazed yeah yeah i think this should be just matter imagery through the film but also i can't really hold it against it because it is his first film and he probably doesn't have that much of a budget to do it yeah and it is you know, a personal story about his dad's, like, real life. So, yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, like, it probably would have worked. It would definitely work better in terms of, like, the film itself is, like, rushing around. Uh, like, the same camera work is on the Silver Globe. In terms of, like, it's, it seems like the characters are rushing around, the camera is just trying to keep up with them. And it's, like, always, like, there's always, like, huge expanse of, like, landscape and stuff, kind of, and, like, the sky in every, or the ceiling in, like, in nearly every shot. Like, yeah. you see, like, most of the room in every shot. Um, so like you know these con- characters in, are in confined spaces they're in confined space they're in they're small small kind of objects in a much bigger kind of scene but like um, the actual themes kind of the, how the film plays out it doesn't really convey like it, definitely the kind of the, the in- insignificance of the, the individual characters but in terms of like the kind of uh, agitation of the camera yeah, it's like, like he's, he's, it's kind of running around. It's always kind of moving stuff, but the film doesn't really. Go, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, like you never feel like this is like we're in motion here. Yeah, like if you do, then it's like immediately cut short and cuts to some other scene where he meets his wife again, and he finds out that's not his wife, and again, um, ah, like it's it's like really frustrating, um, but. Yeah, it probably would have worked better with a, like a, a feverish kind of aspect to it. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what the problem with the film is. Is that I feel like it's not. It doesn't feel like it's building to anything. No, no, no. Um, whereas, like, on the Silver Globe, like, not because, like, on the Silver Globe is kind of different, but, like, you're watching the start of a civilization happen, which is enough as a, of a thread to fucking follow along with. In Possession, you can feel, like, the tension's constantly building up, like you're building up to some, like, massive explosion. Mm. Whereas in this film, it just, it just feels like shit is happening. <laughs> and, like, there's no, like cause and effect for anything outside of like the family dying at the start of the film mm. um feels like nothing matters but also like that's kind of the point of the film i guess but like i feel like it could i feel like it could make that argument for like a lot of things yeah i don't think the film is saying that nothing matters but it's more just it's like uh there's nothing really to like he doesn't really interact he's very very passive and that's definitely deliberate um but like it's more i think just trying to convey the horror of the whole situation but it's difficult to attach to that when he is literally he's the only person that you can kind of relate to at all. 
and he's not interacting with any other character yeah. at any point. Uh, anytime he is, it's it's not who he thinks it is. Yeah. Um, it's it's him like trying to navigate different uh, like underground societies to an extent, and like the bureaucracy of like Nazi occupation. Um, and it's more about like him f- trying to, you know, obviously trying to find familiarity in uh, people that he doesn't know, but he needs to find something to latch onto, but yeah. he can't. Yeah. But at the same time, neither can we. Yeah. As a, as a viewer. Like we're also trapped, not knowing yeah. what the fuck. <laughs> we were just confused, which isn't a pleasant experience. Yeah. As as it isn't for him either, you know. And it's not like an unpleasant experience where like, you know, you're not, you don't have the same. Like, it's hard to describe, because I would say, like, watching Possession is not a pleasant watch. Like, it's yeah, an uncomfortable yeah. watch, but this is different. This is unpleasant. We're like, I don't I don't feel like the main character mm. or something like that. I can't... Yeah, you know, I don't... There's just something with this film that just doesn't click. He's just bouncing around. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like this In a really film, awful way. I can, like... And also, the weird thing as well is, like, like this film has, like, a lot of rave reviews and stuff like that. And the more that we talk about it, the more I can see why people would... Like, if you did latch onto the film, like, I can see why people would rave about this film. Mm. But because neither of us clicked onto it... Man, we're just so similar. We always have this. <laughs> that was the same yeah, opinion. Yeah, I know. It's so yeah. boring. <laughs> like, we disagree. <laughs> but, no, like... No, you're dead right, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it's just... It's a film where, like, it didn't... It just didn't... I just didn't vibe with the film, you know? Mm. It's that thing about vibology, you know? <laughs> The what science are, of movie watching. That secret sauce to this film is just <laughs> not there for me. Yeah, Zalewski, yeah, shame about uh, your dad and all, but like, there's just no vibe yeah, to this film. I just have a vibe with this Holocaust film. Set <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. that out, bro. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, uh, it just, it was, there's, there's pieces there. Like the actual, like the set basically you know each like, individual the, the, piece of this film i like but as a whole i don't yeah 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 like the, all the parts are there but none of them are moving like in concert at all yeah like, like even the, like the whole the premise like as we we're saying earlier like the, the the synopsis or the kind of the pitch of the film it's like like this could be this could be anything like this could be crazy feverish some kind of horror horror holocaust film and uh, even like the 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 idea of the vaccination lab, like the secret, the illegal vaccination. Oh man, I had a breeze what was going on there. And uh, yeah, it's really hard to understand. It's, it's based on a true story. His dad was in the, one of those, uh, one of those facilities, uh, or participated in them. It's like they employed people who lived under occupation, like um, specifically Jews and like you know, uh, Poles and stuff, to infect themselves with typhus so that they could you know f- uh, develop medical cures for their own soldiers yeah without any regard for the people who are being affected with typhus and like that's a such a horrible thing obviously in real life and from the perspective of a filmmaker who's who does like possession or something like possession or specifically possession dealing with that subject matter you feel like he would uh, latch onto it in a more visceral way yeah in a way that would make just make more sense even yeah you know that would just yeah that would really like horrify you Rather than a lot, like a lot of the scenes, it's it's him. Like one, uh, the scene where he's uh, he's looking at them in a, uh, through a microscope, um, and it's it is like the kind of the scientific aspect of it, like the sterile kind of objective view to the mm. thing. Um, like I'm not sure what that means, but like 
I feel like it could have been maybe dealt with a bit more in a bit more like a more stimulating manner or in a way that'd be more kind of uh yeah more visceral way that would appeal to the viewer yeah maybe that's what it is i just don't find this film very stimulating mm. my taint lacks being tickled by this movie my movie taint that is this holocaust film yeah we will cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Deary me. Deary me. Let me yeah. tell you. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. I've heard that, like, some of his other so films... So should remake this. Yeah, so much he has other films as well that I'm like super intrigued to see. Like he has like this film called uh, The Devil, The Devils, The Devils. Is that what it's called? Hardly. Diablo, the the Devil. Yeah. It's also it is also about it's about a, a young Polish nobleman, ja- Jacob, is saved from imprisonment by a stranger. In return, the stranger wants to obtain a list of Jacob's fellow conspirators. As he follows his mysterious savior across the country, Jacob is affected by the overall chaos of moral corruption. He goes insane and becomes a mass murderer. Like, that sounds sick. Yeah, let's watch that. <laughs> Do you want to make your fucking... <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him one more chance. Yeah, I think he's like a... Yeah, he's got a, a fucking wild though, discography of films. Filmography? That's not discography. Filmography. Yeah. Is discography only for f- for music? I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Discs. Discs. That's, uh, yeah, it's, it makes sense that way. But yeah, what is our recommended film for the next episode, Mark? Well, our recommended film is Jacob's Ladder, directed by Adrian Lyon, a nineteen ninety film, starring our friend Tim Robbins of Shawshank fame, the greatest film ever made, of course. Of course. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting film that uh, we we've never seen. I've heard of. We've bo- we've both never seen. And um, this would be our episode for Halloween, won't it? Before the last one before Halloween. Yeah, like our penultimate Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. So tough shit that Halloween. I like the way that this podcast works. It's like Halloween lasts five weeks. Like October lasts five weeks because. We will be watching movies for Halloween, and then the episodes will come out after Halloween. But fuck yeah. you, we're talking about these movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it'd be too early to start Christmas movies. So, oh fuck yeah! Not that there are any Christmas movies to watch, really. So, outside of its wonder- wonderful life, and uh, Christmas with the Cranks, and uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, <laughs> they're the three. Yeah, that's it. We've ran out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like Wallace and Gromit, Coraline, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. That are the only three good, st- <laughs> the only three good stop motion films. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> let, let, let's let's watch Wallace and Gromit for next one. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'm definitely watching Wallace yeah, and Gromit. Yeah. Halloween. I'm trying to think of other like just like this on the side, but like what are other good stop motion films? Have you seen Anomalisa? Yeah, I was thinking. I've never seen it, but it's pretty good. You said it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's very good. Um, I feel like the house was alright. The house was alright. I forget yeah, about that movie. It was pretty good. Yeah, like two thirds of that movie was really good. Yeah, it didn't really go anywhere, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that first one is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's it kind of like it, 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 it fell down. Like it yeah. went to, to, to you know. like steps in a house. Yeah, yeah. Like the last one was by far the worst. Yeah, by a mile. Yeah, so like reason it was last. <laughs> um, 
Kubo and the Two Strings is alright. Kubo and the Two Strings is like the best animated, like, in terms of animation, best stop motion animation I've ever seen. Their story is dog shit. Um, really have to emphasize that. That's the fucking story. That story is so fucking bad that it, like, ruins what should be, like, a fucking, like, like the best animated film of all time. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man, it's so bad. So bad. Anyway, um, great film, but I fucking know that story's awful. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's yeah, I can't see many others. Right, call it a day. Let's call it a night. I'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.